I'm your host, Jamie Harvey. This moment is a podcast that I started to help remind myself of how I can find God in this very moment. It also helps remind me that this might be the very moment for which we were made. I want you to come on in and join me. Grab a cup of coffee or tea or whatever suits your fancy and let's sit down and have a chat. Hello, y'all, and welcome to this moment. I'm your host, Jamie Harvey. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. Um, I am recording in my car. Um, Funny story, we are living in a rental house, and there's not a lot of space, and we have two kids, and we have two dogs, and this is the space I can find to record in, so that's what I'm doing. And I have missed talking to you all so much that I just had to make time and make space to record um, the next installment of the questions of the Bible, um, because I just have missed talking to you about it so much. But before I get into that, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, just some fun things that I want to recommend that I liked, I enjoyed. Um, The first thing is a mockumentary, um, excuse me, or a mock biopic, um, and it's called Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and it is absolutely 100% not true. Um, The whole thing is just so completely false and made up, and it's just fun to watch. I just thought it was so ridiculous, and I'm a huge Weird Al fan. If you're a Weird Al fan, you like his music, you enjoy listening to his songs, totally recommend it. It is um, TV 14, so I would not recommend watching it with your kids necessarily, unless you have teenagers that are older and maybe a little bit more mature. But it is really fun to watch, um, just because it's so absurd. And Weird Al makes a cameo in his own movie, and it's just so funny. You've got Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al, which, you know, Harry Potter, Weird Al, very different. Um, But he pulls it off, and it's really funny. I definitely recommend it. It was on Hulu. I honestly have no idea where you can find to watch it now, but it was on Hulu. So check it out. See if you can find it so funny. I really, really enjoyed watching it. I would watch it again. And I don't say that about a whole lot of movies because I don't like to rewatch stuff all the time, but I definitely would rewatch this movie. And I would watch it with other people just to kind of see their reaction. I like to do that. Um, So yeah, recommend that movie if you can find somewhere to watch it. I definitely would. Um, My next recommendations are a couple of books. The first one is Chasing Vine by Beth Moore. My Bible study is currently doing the group experience where we watch the videos and we discuss the questions. There's also a book that goes along with it, and I listened to the audiobook of it. I found it on my library's um, page where you can check out books online. You can listen to audiobooks and stuff like that. Um, Their Hoopla site for our library. I would definitely recommend it. It is powerful, powerful stuff. You can hear my car kind of cutting off now. So if you hear funny sounds in the background, that's what that is. Um, (laughs) Just one of the awesome perks of having to be creative in where I record. Um, But I do recommend Chasing Vines by Beth Moore. I recommend basically anything by Beth Moore. I really enjoy her writing style. I enjoy her passion. Um, But Chasing Vines is really, really powerful, and it talks about 
Jesus as the vine. It talks about John 15, and it talks about how we are the branch and how we can produce fruit. And it gives you the how. I like that about Beth Moore. She gives you the how, not just the here's what you should be doing, but how do I do that? So I highly recommend that. Um, and even if you just read the book or you just get the group experience, even without the videos, I know that's not typically something you would hear, but even without the videos, I highly recommend some version of Chasing Vines. Because even without the videos, you could do the group experience. She puts a lot of excerpts from the book in the workbook. So you could totally get away with just doing the workbook. But it's a really, really good experience. Lots of really deep questions. That's one of the things I love about Beth Moore is that she picks a very narrow topic and she goes super, super deep. Instead of picking a really wide topic and going kind of shallow, she's going to dig deep, deep, deep and get to the root, if you will, um, of the topic that she's talking about. So that's Chasing Vines by Beth Moore. Any version of that book that you can find, I recommend. Um, and the next one that I'm recommending to you today is one that I haven't finished. So I'm only kind of telling you about it. I'm not really recommending it yet. Um, but I'm just kind of giving you some idea of where I'm at, what I'm doing, what I'm studying. And it's this book is called Fasting. And it's by Scott McKnight. I really like Scott McKnight. He's a really good scholar, um, theologian. He wrote a book called a church called Tove. He wrote that with his daughter about how a church should look and how a church should function. Um, this book is on fasting and how maybe we are getting fasting wrong um, and how we can get it right. So I'm, I am only partway through this book, but it is very good so far. It's a little bit of a slower read because it is very deep. Scott McKnight is kind of like Beth Moore, going to pick a topic and go really deep on it. Um, and that's what he's doing in this book on fasting. But it has been very interesting for me to read. And the fact that I'm reading Chasing Vines and fasting at the same time is kind of interesting because they actually kind of cover some of the same things um, about how to be a complete and whole Christian. So I can't wait till I can finish it. I can give you a better review. But I just kind of wanted to give you an idea that you know, I'm going to be sharing some stuff about fasting probably because that's what I'm studying. So once I get to a point where I can take a break with questions, I might talk about fasting. I might talk about signs. I might talk about um, the whole body Christian. There's a lot of things that I am studying and reading. I might even be talking about the church because I am currently also reading. I'm the kind of person who likes to read several things at one time. But I am in the process of reading um, What If Jesus Was Serious About the Church by Sky Jatani. And that's really good too. So just some topics that might be coming your way because that's what I'm reading and studying. So those are my recommendations. I hope that you can find something you enjoy in that. Okay, so let's get into the question from Acts. So in Acts, if you are listening, you can pull out your Bible. If not, I'm going to be in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, and going through verse 14. Um, and I'm actually just going to go ahead and read that to you, because I think it's important for us to get the whole picture here. So Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, going through verse 14. 
On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, and this is Jesus. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes in a cloud, hid them from their sight, hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and suddenly two men were dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Altheus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So I wanted to read that whole section to you because there's really two questions that are presented here. One is asked to Jesus from the apostles, and the other is asked from the angels or the messengers of God to the apostles. So um, the first question, the apostles asked Jesus, they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They were still, even after all they had seen and all Jesus had said to them, they were still concerned about the kingdom on earth. Um, And I think that that helps me in a way. Because even after all the apostles had seen, all they had done, all they had experienced with Jesus up until this point, they still got it wrong. And I think that 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 gives me some peace to know that if they got it wrong, guess what? It's okay if I get it wrong too. And I can ask Jesus and I can say, hey, if I'm getting it wrong, please open my eyes and show me how to get it right. Because I want to know the right answers. I want to be on the same page with Jesus. So the apostles ask him this and he says, it's not for you to know. It's not for you to know the times that God has set in his own authority. And you are going to have power coming to you from the Holy Spirit. Jesus had told them before, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send one who is greater than I am to you. So he's telling them again, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you And you're going to be able to, you're going to receive power. Now, what that probably meant was you're going to be able to perform signs and miracles. Um, That's what they expected in this time period. When they hear the phrase that you will receive power, they were going to be able to act in the power and authority of God. And um, I just, Jesus is telling them, You may not have this kingdom that you thought you were going to have, but you are going to have power that comes from the authority of God. And you're going to be my witnesses. You are going to witness to everyone, people in Jerusalem, people in Judea, people in Samaria. So people that they were not expecting to witness to, maybe people that they were not expecting to tell about Jesus, the Messiah, because... 
the Samaritans and the the Jews, maybe not the best of friends. You know, check out the story of the Good Samaritan. Okay, they were not just, oh, we're not good acquaintances. They were not friends. They were enemies. If you could use that word, they were enemies. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you power. You may not have the kingdom that you thought you were going to have, but you were going to have the authority from God and you are going to be a witness. You are going to tell the people about the power and authority of God and you're going to tell all the people. So that's how Jesus responds to them. And then all of a sudden he's taken up in a cloud and they're standing there with their mouths hanging wide open, staring up at the sky and these angels show up as messengers of God and they say, what are you doing? Why are you just standing here staring? He told you this was going to happen. It has happened. And he's going to come back. So you've got stuff to do. He just gave you a mission. Go and do that thing. Um, So I just, I found it really interesting that you got two questions. And that in the span of these 10 verses, you get the entire Trinity. Jesus is there. He's taken up messengers from God who in their mind would have been the presence and message of God. So you've got Jesus, you've got God the Father, and then they go back to Jerusalem. They were on the Mount of Olives. They go back to Jerusalem. They go to the upper room, and that's when they receive the Holy Spirit. So in the span of 10 verses, we get the entire Trinity interacting with the apostles and not just the apostles. They list, Luke lists everything here in Acts, um, all of the people that were present in the upper room. He, he goes through all the apostles. He goes through the women. He says the women were there praying continuously with us, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So he makes a point to include the women It's not just that the women were there, they were cooking. He says they were praying continuously with us. They received the Holy Spirit too. So I just, it blows my mind to think of people who still want to say that men and women in the Bible, there's this clear difference in their giftings. Because to me, there's not a clear difference. In verses like this where I see that the Holy Spirit came on the men and the women equally. They were praying continuously together. They were in the same upper room. Now later in biblical history, we're going to see that the temple splits it. And men and women don't pray together. And they're not in the same spaces. But at this point, right after the ascension, when the Holy Spirit descends on the apostles for the first time, they are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Those women are there with them and they're praying with them and they're in communion with the Holy Spirit together with them. These women are not separated. It's not like Jesus said, go to the upper room and ask the women to leave. They're there together. And I just, I think that's a really powerful, I think it's a really powerful message not just to women, but, um, to anybody who wants to hear. But so as we, we do with our question, we talk about the question, we talk about who's involved with the question. And then I want to talk about the character of God that the question and the answer reveal. So one of the things that it reveals is the absolute authority of God that we don't need to know 
because God has it all under control. So they ask, is God going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know what God has put in time in his own authority. It's God's authority. It's God's timing. And it is absolute. It also shows that God's character, that God is powerful. And not just that God is powerful, but that God shares his power with his people. So we have the power through the Holy Spirit to perform miracles, to reach out in love, which in this day and age, for some people feels like a miracle for someone to reach out to them in love, because that's not happening everywhere, every day, not anymore, not like it used to, and not like it should be. Um, it also shows that God wants to work with us and be with us. It's not just about end results. It's not just about the kingdom of Israel being restored, but it's about God working through the Holy Spirit with his people to reach more people, to build relationship with more people. It's not about the end result. It's about the journey that you're on with Jesus. It's about the journey that you're on with God and how you build relationship with him because he loves you. He loves you so much. So I just, I think that it's all about relationship. If I look at this question and I look at this answer and then I look at the next question from the angels to the apostles. It's all about relationship and it's all about doing the work with God because Jesus is saying to them, I love you. I want you to be a witness to how much I love you in this whole world to all of the people, not just the Jews, not just the people in Jerusalem, not just the people in Judea, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. That's the great commission. He's giving them the great commission again. And it is so beautiful. And he wants to be, he sends the Holy Spirit so that the Trinity can be a part of the work that we're doing. God wants to work with us. God wants us to work with him. He wants us to be in relationship with him so that everything we do, we do with and through him. And and when we get a hold to that, when that gets a hold to you, There's going to be nothing that you can't do, nothing you can't face, because you will be working with the mighty, absolute, powerful God of the universe. And I just, I'm overwhelmed. I really, I really hope that you learned something new today about God so that you can take it and introduce him to someone else today. I love you all so much. I'm so glad I got to take some time to sit down with you and discuss the question in Acts today and just really tell you how much I love being in relationship with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. And I just really pray that you do too. I pray that he would just grab a hold to you today with his loving kindness, that he would just draw you in so much to him that it just fills you up to the point that you are exploding. I love you all so much, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. You have been listening to This Moment with Jamie Harvey. If you have questions, you can always catch me on Twitter at Jamie C. Harvey. You can shoot me an email at jamiecharvey at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment here on the podcast. I would love to chat with you. And if you are not subscribed, hit that button. Also, if you could share with those around you that you think would be encouraged by this, I would really appreciate it. 
And be sure to check out the website at the cistern, T-H-E-S-I-S-T-E-R-N dot net. And there you can sign up for email subscriptions. And we would love to have you be a part of our family.